We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today is Monday, August the 15th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet on today's show. As fall camp continues, guys, I'll give updates and takeaways from South Carolina's first scrimmage as the Gamecocks did scrimmage over the weekend at Williams-Brice Stadium. Guys, we'll talk about everything Shane Beamer had to say and just what I heard from the field of play as South Carolina continues their preparation for Georgia State on September the 3rd. Also, guys, a big welcome home on Friday as three-star athlete Bakari Swain picks the Gamecocks. I'll break down his recruiting profile and what it means for South Carolina football. Also, we continue along with the 2022 position unit preview series. Guys, on today's show, we're talking South Carolina's running backs entering the 2022 season. First things first, I'll look back at 2021, how the ball carriers fared a season ago. Then we'll meet the running backs for this year, talk most approved, best overall. Season will be successful if, and I'll give my overall grade for the unit as well. Also, your listener questions, guys, we have got a packed show for you here on this Monday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Red Fox Roofing. Guys, Red Fox Roofing is a family-owned and operated residential roofing company born and raised in the Carolinas. They're proud South Carolina Gamecock fans who are servicing the local Columbia, Charleston, and most of the surrounding areas. They offer free inspections for storm damage, free same-day estimates for full roof replacements, and roof certifications for people getting ready to sell their homes. Also, guys, they know how important shingle quality is when it comes to your roof. Well, they're partnered with Atlas Shingles, which is the only shingle manufacturer on the market who's partnered with 3M and has a Scotch Guard protection on their shingles. Guys, they also offer a lifetime algae resistant warranty that your roof will never have those ugly black streaks from algae buildup. Now, when it comes to the best possible pricing, they've got you covered. Red Fox Roofing is willing to be any written estimate and allows financing as well. They service every home as if it were theirs, and their attention to detail and customer service is truly what sets them apart. Guys, simply put, they'll always leave it better than they found it. Give them a call today at 843-364-3023. That's 843-364-3023 for all of your roofing needs. You can also find them on Facebook at Red Fox Roofing, or if you have any questions, go to their website at redfoxroof.com. That's redfoxroof.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
sponsor. Who this, folks? Happy Monday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show. As always, I'm sure you heard, we have got a new ad read to kick off the show. Thanks to our new leading sponsor, Red Fox Roofing, going into the 2022 football season. I want to say, of course, thank you to Red Fox Roofing for being a partner of the Spurs Up Show. And I got to say, for the first time doing the ad read, believe it or not, that was one take, and I don't know how many of you know this, but there are times on this podcast that I do multiple takes. Not everything is one take. Sometimes, hey, listen, I'm a human being. Sometimes I mess things up. Sometimes I fumble my words. I don't know if you guys can ever tell, but thank goodness for editing. Either way, the ad read that you heard today, which if you skipped through it and did not listen, please go back and give it a listen. And you guys can critique me, by the way, and let me know how I did. But uh, that was one take. So I'm actually pretty proud of myself right now sitting right here. And we're off to a hot start here on this show. Hot start of this week as well. Guys, I'm also fired up because guess what? We have reached the teens. We are 19 days away from kickoff. We're only 12 days away until college football returns. If you're anything like me, you're fired up to watch Vandy on the island. You're fired up to watch Nebraska in Dublin. You're fired up just to get college football. It's crazy. I was watching some preseason NFL over the weekend, and I was like, I don't ever remember being this fired up and excited for preseason football. And I'm not even a big NFL guy, but it's just like, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a buddy of mine and not to dive down some rabbit hole or get in this conversation, but it was like, I was like, you know, you think back, it's crazy. I mean, the beginning of last football season, we were still wearing masks, right? And it still felt like we were still kind of very much so in COVID. Like it feels like now football is really, really back. I don't know if that really makes sense. And again, I don't want to dive down the rabbit hole of anything beyond just the football side of things, but it just really feels like this year, like football is like fully, fully back, right? Like there aren't other things distracting us and pulling us away. Like it really just feels like we are locked in on the on-field product and on the game itself and just football as a whole and what that all brings back to our lives. So again, Really exciting stuff. 19 days away until toe meets leather. And I'm excited to chat with you all here on this Monday. I hope this show does find you out no matter where you are, what you are doing, guys. A couple of housekeeping items to get into, and then we'll dive into the show. First things first, of course, the season simulation series is continuing. Last night, we played Texas a and I'm recording this before the game, so I'm not sure how it went as of right now. But Texas A&M, Mizzou, Vandy this week. And then we'll have the next week. It'll be the last week we do it. We will have the final three games against Florida, Tennessee and Clemson and then we'll probably do a bonus a, a bowl game as well we're four and two right now so I would assume I would assume we are going to be in some sort of bowl game but either way the season simulation series will continue over the next two weeks and again guys appreciate you all tuning in because the numbers have been really good for that by the way the numbers on YouTube have been phenomenal over a thousand views on basically all of our simulations and that may not sound like a lot but guys we only got like 2.7 thousand subscribers on YouTube so for half of our you know the numbers equating to half of our subscribers to be tuning into that is really really good so thank you all so much I know it's been kind of weird because normally I would I would stream that on Facebook and Twitch and Twitter and all that but because of Streamlabs and everything else we've just been doing exclusively YouTube and you guys have been jumping over to that platform and watching so I truly do appreciate it also guys this week of course the Carolina Alehouse tour the TSUS tour rolls on as this Thursday we are in Augusta Georgia the CSRA I know I got some CSRA folks that listen to this show my hometown North Augusta of course really excited to get back there um, the last time we were there, of course, it was a watch party for a basketball game, the South Carolina Georgia basketball game back, and I believe that was 
February we were there. But either way, excited to get there. I know there's going to be a lot of my family and my friends there and stuff like that. So Carolina Ale House in Augusta. Let's put on, right? Listen, I know y'all are y'all are dominated by the Georgia Bulldog folks. And I listen, I lived there. I grew up there. I understand how it goes with the Georgia and the Clemson fans. Let's come on out. Let's paint Augusta garnet and black. Let's have us a good time. It all gets going Thursday night at 6 o'clock. And all the details are on social media, of course, the, the directions and location and all that good stuff. We'll also do a Q&A around 7 or 7.30. Going to be a really good time. Would love to see you guys out there this Thursday in Augusta, Georgia. Carolina Ale House, Augusta. Going to be one hell of a time. Um, also, guys, on the merchandise side of things, let me say first things first, thank you for all the love and support on the merchandise side of the business, man. It's been going absolutely crazy as we get closer and closer to kickoff I mean, every single day. And also, if you've ordered towels, guys, your orders have gone out this morning. I know there's a lot of folks that are getting worried or just waiting on towels. I had to wait to get restocked. I printed off and stayed up late last night, printing off tons of shipping labels, getting these things packaged. Your towels are on the way. And I do apologize for the delay. We've been dealing with fulfillment issues and supply chain issues, just like everybody else. However, they are on the way. On that note, though, when it comes to merch, again, thank you all so much for putting in all these orders and getting your merchandise ahead of kickoff. August 25th, August 25th is a date that you need to mark on your calendar. If you are a fan of the merchandise, if you are buying merchandise, if you are considering buying merchandise, because that is the last day for guaranteed by kickoff delivery for the merchandise. I cannot guarantee it will get to your location by the time the Gamecocks play Georgia State if you order it beyond August 25th. So, if you have any questions, please reach out. But if you want your merchandise by the time this season kicks off and you're ordering from the online store, which, of course, if you're listening to this show, you are, you got to order by August the 25th, which, again, gives you plenty of time. You've literally got 10 days. I say go ahead and get it now because today's the 15th, and I know a lot of you get paid on the 15th and 31st. So why not go ahead, get it out of the way, but just want to make you aware, August 25th, TSUS.store, August 25th, the last day for guaranteed by kick off delivery for the merchandise and again guys i just want to say thank you so much man it's it's crazy over the last year and a half or so i've been mentioning this at all the tour events but over the last year and a half or so man the biggest game change in the business it has been the merchandise side of the business so i just want to say again thank you so much it's been incredible and I feel like it's almost going to be like an overwhelming thing, man, to be there on game day at Willie B and see everybody rocking the Beamer ball and the Beamer Rattler and just rocking all the merch. And it's going to be cool, man. It's it's a surreal feeling for me when I see people rocking the merchandise because that was something years ago that was just such a such a dream. You know what I mean? And like when I see people around the stadium rocking the merchandise, you know, people ask me all the time, what's your favorite part? You know, did you ever see this happening or this happening? And like there's things that you dream up along the way and on the journey, but like there's some things that just – you couldn't have dreamed, you know, they just go beyond all expectations and all dreams. And so like seeing people, I mean, last year, I recall it, seeing people on game day, rocking the merchandise is, is it's a surreal feeling. And I know we'll see more of the same this year and even more of it this year. And I just can't wait. So again, thank y'all, man. Thank y'all so much. For the love and means the absolute world guys with that being said let's go ahead and get into the show because we have got a lot of football to talk here on this monday and we'll start with just a couple of quick updates and takeaways guys of course we were not in the building for the gamecock scrimmage on saturday but there were some things that stood out from what shane beamer said and from some things that i heard over the weekend so i do just want to touch on those of course guys on saturday gamecocks knocking out their first scrimmage of the fall the first of two their second scrimmage will be this saturday and that will be 
be the final scrimmage they have before they take on Georgia State. The Saturday before that Georgia State game, I think they will either be off or it'll just be a normal practice. Either way, I don't have the schedule in front of me. But this Saturday upcoming will be the final scrimmage they have. And the big thing that really shook up, I don't know if Shane Beamer was uh, – was testing to see if Gamecock Nation or Gamecock Twitter or just Gamecock social media was paying attention. But they most certainly were because there was almost a meltdown when Shane had announced that a number of Gamecocks were out for the scrimmage. And these were big names. Josh Van, Marshawn Lloyd, Corey Rucker, Christian Beal Smith, Sherrod Green, Landon Sampson, Jordan Birch. A bunch of guys did not participate in the scrimmage over the weekend. And let me just say this. I'll keep it short. I'll keep it sweet. Do not panic guys I, I think these are all precautionary I understand that we are we are scarred from the Will Muschamp era and the way injuries were handled there I know many of you look back at last year with the Luke Doty stuff and the Luke Doty injury news and the way that that seemed to linger on throughout the entire season I trust in Shane Beamer I trust his word I understand that gamesmanship is a thing and coaches they don't really reveal everything when it comes to injury reports Guys, I, I do believe this is all just precautionary. I think if this were an actual game on Saturday that everybody he listed probably would have played. But at this point in the fall, guys, you gain nothing by pushing guys, especially your starters and dudes that are proven and that you know are going to make an impact, right? Like a Josh Van, a Christian Beal Smith. I mean, even a Lloyd to a degree. It's like, what are they going to show you in a scrimmage that's going to make you think, you know, they have their spots. Like a lot of these guys are starters. We know they're starters, or at minimum, we know they're going to be contributors, right? They're going to be contributors. So, I would just say, do not panic. I know it sucks because we all just la, 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 close our ears. We don't hear anything. La, 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 no injuries, no injuries, no injuries, no injuries, la, la, la. But, hey, guys get banged up. There's nicks, there's bruises, right? Hold them out of the scrimmages. Let them be 100%. Get them to 100% for when you play Georgia State. Because, guys, here's the thing, and many of you not, may not realize this, but this is for any sport, but definitely football. Like, you're never at 100%. Like, like once the season gets going and you're getting banged up, you're getting hit around, like, nobody is 100%. You're getting your ankles taped up. You're getting your wrists taped up. You got nicks. You got bruises. You got cuts. You got scars. And you just navigate and get through the season. You know what I mean? Like, if, if it doesn't kill you, you're basically trying to go play. Um, but there's no point in pushing guys in scrimmages and stuff like that, especially this early on in fall camp. So I would just say again, guys, unless something – unless stuff lingers, I would say do not panic. Do not worry. I think all is fine. All is okay. And I can tell you from the people I've talked to, there is nothing serious in regards to the players – that I have mentioned. Now, again, guys, I don't sit here and pretend to be a, a quote-unquote per-sources guy. I don't sit here and pretend to be a quote-unquote insider guy. But I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that I did not know somebody that was in the building Saturday for the scrimmage. And I don't have, like, tons of tidbits and tons to give you. And I think Shane Beamer actually even addressed a lot of the stuff that did happen. But I will tell you, and I put this out on Twitter, that my guy hit me up and told me that Spencer Rattler, Chris, He's the real deal, man. He, he's the real deal. I, I mean, I, I will say this. I even take what he says with a little bit of a grain of salt, right? Because he's a fired-up Gamecock fan. And so is he going to see things a little bit of a lens of garnet glasses? Sure. But he felt like telling me, Chris, Spencer Rattler's the real deal. He mentioned the Rattler to Stogner connection. He's like, dude, Stogner's a guy that people simply are not talking about. And I agree. Stogner's not getting nearly the love of a Wells or a Rucker or a Christian Beal Smith even, or even like a Lavoisier Carroll. And I don't know if it's because uh, Stogner didn't go through spring ball or because he's a tight end or what have you, but 
I think Stog is certainly a guy that I think could be an all-conference type of player. And he just said, Chris, Spencer Rattler on the run, especially getting out of the pocket. He said that he actually Rattler saw Rattler hit Wells on like a 60-yard touchdown in which he basically flicked it down the field, like 50 yards hitting Wells. Wells burned, I think he said. David Spalding or what have you, but uh, he did say certainly, especially in that first drive, which Shane Mira pointed out, they looked really good, went right down the field that Spencer Rattler looked really good, said he feels like Antoine Wells is the real deal and really is the plays or is the part as well, is going to be a big-time playmaker for South Carolina. So again, take it with a grain of salt. It's practice, right? Everybody's great in practice. Everybody's everybody's an All-American in preseason camp, what have you, but uh, it is good to hear, right? It's better than hearing all Spencer Rattlers out there throwing ducks, receivers couldn't catch, blah, 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 whatever. So um, just some interesting tidbits I got from my guy. And again, this is somebody who I really trust that was in the building on Saturday afternoon. Also, what I thought was interesting, Shane Beamer mentioning the youngsters on the defensive side, um, guys like Nick eamon Ware, Kawan Banks, Stone Blanton, and, and, and Beamer mentioning those and said, we got a lot of guys, a lot of youngsters that like to hit. And, and, you know, when you talk about offense and defense and special teams, and a lot of you ask about, you know, the freshmen and which young guys are going to play, I think it is going to be on the defensive side that you see youngsters play. And I have heard a lot of good things this preseason about Eamon Ware, the kid from uh, Irmo. I think he was a three-star defensive back, but I've heard really good things. He's got really good size at six foot four. Obviously, we all know about Stone Blanton uh, picking the Gamecocks from Mississippi State and you know being that physical presence at linebacker. And then, of course, Kawan Banks from Tallahassee, Florida, sort of a guy that was a sleeper, if you will, an athlete type of guy. Um, so I think there will be youngsters that will help you and contribute. You know, Shane, you were mentioned that you've got basically your starters in the secondary with – Cam Smith, Marcellus Dial, Darius Rush, R.J. Roderick, and uh, Devonnie Reed are all going to start in the secondary for you. Those are basically solidified. It's about finding the guys beyond them. So I think you'll see guys like Eamon Warre, Banks, of course, Blanton at linebacker, but guys like Keenan Nelson Jr. and and uh, Tyrese Ross and some of these other, you know, I, I call Ross a youngster, but you know what I'm saying. Like some of these other guys, I think you're going to see other guys step up and there's going to be some new faces, especially in that secondary, but uh, some really, really positive young talent on that defensive side. I'm really excited to see them ball that ball out. So guys, other than that, um, there was also a note about the punter position. I believe it was Joyce and Herrera are battling for that in the absence of Kai Kroger. Good to hear, good to hear that apparently Kai Kroger is ahead of schedule when it comes to his recovery. And again, hopefully, hopefully early in the season, uh, the punter will not be used very often by South Carolina, but you never know, right? You never know. So either way, uh, all in all sounds like a good scrimmage. The big thing is this guys, I don't care if we hear anything from preseason camp, just no injuries, no injuries, knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on wood, no injuries, no injuries, no injuries at all. I want to hear or not hear if that makes sense. Um, Guys, on that note, let's keep it moving. Let's talk some recruiting. Of course, on Friday afternoon, we were actually on the Daily Crow when this happened. But uh, three-star athlete, Makari Swain, picks the Gamecocks. And if you would listen to that availability with J.C. Sherbert when he jumped on TDC on Thursday, you probably would have seen this coming because he mentioned Makari Swain and said South Carolina was in a good position to land him. Six-foot, 175-pound athlete out of Carrollton, Georgia, out of Central High School, of course, class of 2023, like I mentioned. He is a three-star athlete. Athlete, a point eight six eight five on the twenty four seven Sports Composite, the sixty seventh ranked athlete in the country and the seventy sixth ranked player in the state of Georgia. When you take a look at his offers, he chose the Gamecocks over schools like Maryland, Vandy, uh, Appalachian State, Duke, ECU, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Hawaii, Indiana, James Madison, Mississippi State, Temple, and Virginia 
Tech. So, again, you look at his offers, maybe a guy that's a little bit slept on, Torian Gray and Jimmy Lindsay were his recruiters, so you would think he's going to play in the secondary for South Carolina. Uh, and, again, I think it's just another thing, guys, you got to trust Torian Gray, you got to trust Jimmy Lindsay, you got to trust Clayton White, you got to trust that defensive staff, and you got to trust this coaching staff, guys. I mean, again, um, you know, when it comes to recruiting and you look at those offer lists, you say to yourself, well, I mean, that's that's who offered him. And, uh, you know, you you have to trust the evaluation from your coaching staff. Bottom line, again, like we've mentioned, it comes down to evaluation. It comes down to development. And just because you have a certain offer list, just because this school offers or doesn't offer, that does not deem how successful you can be as a football player. Um but it comes down to the evaluation development side for Shane Beamer. And you got to trust Shane Beamer, Clayton White, again, that entire staff that they are pulling in the best possible guys for the University of South Carolina. And, and Swain, again, in recruiting services, does sound like a guy that's pretty highly thought of. So, again, another big pickup. The recruiting momentum continues. Um, I know, obviously, the Jaden Robinson decommitment. We talked about it on Friday's podcast. That was the one, a big one. Uh, a lot of recruiting rumors hitting us over the weekend, which I won't even bring up because that's all they are, they were, were rumors. Um, I would just say, again, per sources, season guys, be careful who you listen to. And take a lot of the recruiting stuff you hear I would just say with a grain of salt because you're seeing a guy like Trayon Webb on Twitter, the the Florida commitment or whatever the running back try to try to sway Gamecock commitments and getting them to go to Florida. Specifically, Pup Howard is one that he's been tweeting at a lot. Guys, I, I mean, until something official drops, and I I would say even and, and I don't know how some of you feel about this, but even the guys we have committed, guys, I, and I would just say moving forward in recruiting when you're following recruiting, I think it is a smart idea, and I think it's wise. Not to overreact one way or the other until pen hits paper. Because it just, unfortunately, guys, it really doesn't mean a ton until that is the case, right? Because anybody can just commit, they can decommit, they can they can flip. I mean, whatever. We see it every day. We see it all the time in recruiting. So just keep a level head. Obviously, never tweet at recruits. Speaking of never tweeting at recruits, Xavier McLeod announces he is going to make his announcement on Thursday at 5 o'clock. So that is another big chip that could fall for South Carolina, the 2023 four-star defensive lineman. Um, but either way, guys, just keep a cool head either way. Trust that Shane Beamer will get the guys that we need to be successful, and I do believe that he will do that in the long run. But either way, Bakari Swain does pick the Gamecocks over the weekend, and the recruiting momentum continues for USC. All right, let's continue, guys. Our 2022 position unit preview series rolls on. Before we get into that, though, on the note of football season, right, you're looking – to win some money. I know many of my audience or much of my audience loves to gamble, whether it be spreads, over-unders, totals, futures. Guys, why not bet on prop plays? Because Price Picks is practically giving away money this football season. Go sign up at pricepicks.com or go download the Price Picks app. Use the promo code TS. U.S. at sign up, and when you do, you'll receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Now, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works you pick two to five players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against. The projection price picks allows mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on Spencer Rattler passing yards parlay with the under on Patrick Mahomes parlay with the over on LeBron. You can do NBA, NHL, MLB, and of course, college sports, which is the big draw for us. Price picks has a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Again, guys, let's break the bookie this football season. Why not? Our friends at Price Picks are making it easy. Go download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, guys, we appreciate our friends at Price Picks. We love to support the Spurs Up show. And let's 
bankrupt the bookie. I mean, let's make some freaking money while we're at it and we're watching football uh, and enjoying the 2022 season. All right, on that note, hey, let's continue along with the position unit preview series. And guys, on today's show, we're breaking down the Gamecocks running backs. And before we look ahead of this year, let's look back at a year that was in 2021. And it was an interesting year for the running backs. And I think let's just call it for what it is an underwhelming year, right? Because after 2020, a year in which Kevin Harris leaves the SEC in rushing. I mean, we had huge expectations for this group. I know I did, right? Everybody thought Kevin Harris is going to do it again. You add Quan White, you, you know, Marshawn Lloyd's going to be healthy. This is going to be an unstoppable rushing attack. And we really thought when you coupled, right, after 2020, you coupled the offensive line that returned and you have these running backs that return led by Kevin Harris. Oh, man, the, the rushing attack's just going to be incredible. It never really panned out that way. And again, to be fair, all right, let's be fair. A lot of this offensive line, or excuse me, this, these running back struggles was because of the offensive line play, an offensive line that has never got it going in year one of the Marcus Satterfield system. Also, I think injuries. We did not give enough credit to the injury that Kevin Harris faced, especially early in the season. And to this fan base's credit, we didn't really know until like late, 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 late in fall camp that Kevin Harris had back surgery over the summer that would impact him. And that was a lingering back injury that I think really dampened his final season, guys. I mean, you look at Harris's number last year, uh, 659 total rushing yards. I mean, 4.3 yards per carry. Had four touchdowns, but just 54.9 yards per game. And certainly, you know, he had a great game in that UNC game in the Mayo Bowl. Like, who didn't? But, I mean, Kevin Harris just was not the guy that we saw in 2020. And, again, I, I don't put it all on him. I think the injury had a lot to do with it. I think the offensive line just not being very good last year, of course, had a lot to do with it. But he, he was just not the guy that we thought he was going to be. And, of course, he has that great Mayo Bowl, though, and he darts to the NFL. And we just watched him over the weekend play in the preseason for the Patriots. And, actually – Score a touchdown. So good for him. Um, what that led to, though, you know, we saw it in the spring game last year, too, but certainly from week one, you saw Saquandre White emerged into a star. And you look at his numbers, you know, 583 total yards, 6.6 yards per carry, though, two touchdowns, and he averaged 48.6 yards per game. Guys, what's so crazy, though? I mean, you look at these rushing totals. We're talking about a football team that only ran for nine touchdowns a season ago. I mean, the rushing attack, the rushing offense was abysmal. I, I was asked this on a side note a couple of days ago about, Chris, what would you rather see the most improvement in or what would you rather have this year? A dominant run defense or a dominant run offense? And without hesitation, I said a dominant run offense, right? Because you look at last year, we couldn't stop the run last year and our defense still most of the time held their own. The run offense is the key for everything we do. If we have a dominant rushing attack, if we're averaging 170 yards per game, 180, 190, what have you, if we have that type of production, the rest of this offense is going to gel. The rest of this offense is going to click. I mean, you look back at last year, we were so bad a season ago. We were so bad. Only nine rushing touchdowns. And I don't have the stats pulled up, guys, but, I mean, it it, it was it was absolutely brutal. It was brutal. We got to a point late in the season where Kevin Harris hadn't even had a rushing touchdown, and we were talking about a guy that led the SEC in rushing in 2020. But either way, Quan White emerged into a star with his tough running style. Really reminded me of the great Corey Boyd, the way he ran the football with an attitude and tenacity. He is now gone, of course, signing with the Miami Dolphins in the NFL. Uh, Juju McDowell, though, you know, we heard a lot about him in the preseason last year and he shined as a freshman, uh, 248 yards for him, 4.8 yards per carry, 
two touchdowns. Guys, he averaged, get this, get this. I didn't even realize this, by the way. I, I'm literally seeing this for the first time. Oh, excuse me, this is per game, 20.7. I was sitting there thinking he did not average 20.7 yards per touch. Either way, though, it felt like Juju was this instant offense guy, right? It, it really did. And I know I'm over-exaggerating because it says right here he averaged 4.8 yards per carry. But I swear, guys, it feels like every time Juju McDowell touches the football, he's averaging 10 yards per touch. I just feel like he's an instant offense player. And I can't believe the nickname Waterbug hasn't stuck for him because he darts around in the football field, in my opinion, like a Waterbug. But a guy that, again, he's not physically imposing. I don't know that he's a 20, 25, 30 carry per game type of back, but certainly as a true freshman showed you flashes of what he can be. And then finally, guys, in that running back room last year, Marshawn Lloyd, you know, the curious case of Marshawn Lloyd, 228 total yards rushing, 3.6 yards per carry, just one single touchdown and just averaged 19 yards per game and just could never really find his stride coming off the injury. And I think, again, a lot of folks did not give enough credit to how serious that injury was and how much that was going to hold him back. But, you know, I think week after week after week last year, we were all just sort of waiting. Okay, this is the week Marshawn's going to bust out. He's going to become RB1. He's going to be that guy. And it just never really happened. And, and you kind of saw it, honestly, guys, from week one where there were certain plays where I looked at and said, you know, the old Marshawn breaks that. The old Marshawn makes that guy miss. The old Marshawn, you know, is, is hitting pay dirt for a touchdown. And it just never really happened for him so and I know we all have high hopes we're going to get into that in just a second for Marshawn Lloyd what he can be but he just never could find his groove last year coming off that injury and again I think you have to give a lot of credit to that ACL injury just trying to get over that really mentally right I mean he didn't stop wearing a knee brace until like three quarters of the way through the season so it certainly did affect him mentally and we saw the welcome home South kind of football series last week um, he mentioned it right he mentioned the the physical and the mental more importantly toll that it took on him so excited to see him now two years off that injury coming into this season guys let's meet the running backs moving into this season let's meet the running backs for this 2022 football season and we will start with the red shirt sophomore Marshawn Lloyd you then got the graduate student the transfer Christian Beal Smith I'm going off the roster by the way and it says graduate student for their year uh, so the old guy they just call him an old guy in the room graduate student though Christian Beal Smith then you got red shirt freshman Lavoisier Carroll the Georgia transfer you've got sophomore Juju McDowell red shirt sophomore Rashad Amos which Rashad Amos had a really good 2020 and just did not see really any action last year I mean I'm trying to look here I don't even know that he got a carry, and maybe he was hurt. I don't even think he had a carry last year, though, which is just wild. Not something I would have predicted. Uh, anyways, continuing. Then you got graduate student, the transfer from Columbia, Dante Turbo Miller, who folks are really excited about. Maybe on special teams, he makes an impact. Guy runs like a 4-3-40. He's a big-time track guy. Uh, then you got redshirt freshman, Nathan harris Red redshirt senior, DJ Twitty, who is a transfer from East Tennessee State. Then redshirt sophomore Bradley Dunn and freshman Chase McCracken. So, again, that those are the Gamecocks running backs heading into this season. Let's move into the most to prove, best overall, season will be successful if for the group, and then I'll give my overall grade for the Gamecocks running backs. Now, when it comes to most to prove, I, I don't think this one is going to be a secret. I think you guys know where I'm going to go with this, so I will – avoid building up the drama and the suspense more than it needs to be. All eyes are on Marshawn Lloyd this fall, right? And, and I hate to say that the amount of stars you come on campus with and your recruiting profile, I hate to say that that puts more pressure on you than other players. 
But when you are a five-star guy, especially at a school like South Carolina who does not pull in guys, a ton of five-star guys at this point. Let's just call it for what it is. I don't even think you have double-digit five-star signees in the history of your football program. So when you get one, it is a very, very very big deal, right? And when you get one, you like to think you are going to get the absolute most out of them. Now, going back a couple of years, right, when Marshawn Lloyd signed, we all thought going into the, what, the 2020 season, I guess it was, that he was going to be the feature guy. I mean, I really thought as a true freshman, hey, this is going to be the cornerstone of the offense. This is going to be the guy you build your offense around. He goes down with that terrible non-contact injury, which I will say, watching the welcome home South on a football thing last Wednesday, I had never seen the actual video of him getting injured. And I tell you, that was tough. That sucked to see. You hate to see that. Anytime it's non-contact, that's how you know it's bad, right? So he goes out with that injury. And he was my most approved last year, right? Because when there's when there's this high upside and there's this high ceiling, there are expectations to meet it, right? And, and there are just so many people who are just sitting back just saying, we're waiting on this guy to show us he was the five-star player. And I'll tell you this, guys, I had Marshawn Lloyd on my show when he signed. Such a good kid. He's such a good dude. He's confident in himself, but he loves USC. He loves being a Gamecock. You know, he could have left. He could have left when Will Muschamp got fired. He could have left because that was the coach that recruited him. And he said, no, you know what? I chose USC because I love USC. I didn't choose it for a coach. I chose it because I love being a Gamecock. You got to respect a guy like that, right? This is a guy that could have literally played anywhere. But with those high accolades and that star rating, right? Stars aren't everything. But again, when you get a five-star at USC, it does matter. And with that star rating, when that's you look at that ceiling and what people think he can be, there's a lot to prove here. There's a lot to prove. Prove the doubters wrong. Prove the people that believe in him right. Most folks believe, hey, this, a lot of guys think, a lot of people think this could be a 1,000-yard rusher. A lot of people look at Marshawn Lloyd. I mean, you look at his high school tape, and it's hard to look at that and say anything other than this is a big-time running back. This, this dude could be one of the best in the SEC. This dude could be an NFL back one day. Um, th there's nothing holding him back. The speed, the agility, and – and I don't know that we have expectations or unfair expectations. He's going to be 110% that guy again because you know what? Once you tear that ACL, it's really, really, really hard to get back to true form. Ask Mark, or excuse me, ask Marcus Lattimore about that, right? Ask Marcus Lattimore because he wasn't quite the same, but hey, 90% of Marcus Lattimore is still better than a lot of other people. Most other running backs, it was still a lot better. All eyes are on Marshawn Lloyd, right? He is the biggest question mark, guys, and I've said this before that you know, you lose Kevin Harris, you lose a Quandre White, your top two leading rushers. And that is enough to be a major blow, not just to South Carolina's running back room, but really anybody's running back room. But a lot of the question marks revolving around this room, around this unit, they revolve around Marshawn Lloyd. And just what version of Marshawn Lloyd you get. You know, I thought last year, again, outside of the injury too, I feel like Marshawn Lloyd is a guy he wants so badly, right? He knows there's a lot to prove. He knows what the expectations are. I felt like I saw it last year. Well, and he mentioned this, by the way. I really loved hearing this. He mentioned this about he wants to focus on being a more productive running back, staying on the field. Because I thought what happened last year, you saw a lot of times he tried to bounce it outside and hit the home run and hit the 70-yard, 80-yard touchdown and it would end up in a negative play because defenses are too fast, right? This is the SEC. You can't bounce around like high school and try to run east to west. You can't make a living doing that. You you know, Corey Boyd still has one of my favorite quotes on these airways when he said, you can do all that juking and jiving and dancing and all, but when all else fails, you better gain yardage and not lose yardage, be the hammer and never be the nail. You got to gain yards. You can't lose yards. You cannot make a living, right? You can't make a living being a running back in this league 
losing yardage. You got to be productive. So in the meantime, I know Marshawn Lloyd's a guy. He wants to hit home runs. He wants to show everybody I am that home run hitter. But it's okay to take singles and doubles in the meantime. It's okay to get three, four, five yards a pop and keep the offense moving and keep them on the field. You're good enough. You've got the talent, right, that them home runs, those home runs you're looking for, they're going to come. You're going to run into them, right? But in the meantime, be a productive running back. So I loved hearing that from him. But certainly, he knows what the expectations are. He knows what everyone's looking for from him, and I'm excited to see it. But most certainly, when you talk about this room and expectations and the ceiling and the hopes and the dreams for each individual player, Marshawn Lloyd is the guy that everybody looks at and says, what's this guy going to be this year? Just how good can he be? And that will determine a lot for this room's success. So, again, guys, my most approved of the running backs, Marshawn Lloyd. That takes me into my best overall and I know this is where a lot of you are going to disagree because I ran this poll in the Big Cock Club. I ran this poll, I believe, on social media. I may not have, but either way, I talked to a lot of our Big Cock Club folks in our Discord, which, by the way, if you have not joined, join the Big Cock Club today, patreon.com slash Club. We have a lot of great banter in there. But a lot of folks just look at Marshawn Lloyd best of all. And I'll tell you this, guys, I even said it on Twitter, right? I'm coming around on the fact that Marshawn Lloyd is going to be RB1 on this team. I'm coming around on the fact that he is – the best possible option at the running back position. You know, it's hard. Again, we all want to believe so badly that Lloyd's going to be that guy, that Lloyd's going to break out and be a 1,000-yard rusher and be back to all the highlights and all the tape we saw from high school. We want to believe that he's going to live up to those hypes and that expectation, right? But when you're talking best overall, let me just say this, and, I, and I'm very excited for Marshawn Lloyd. I want to make that very clear. Again, I've said it on social media. I've said it on these airwaves. I'm extremely excited. And, and seeing his recovery and seeing everything from the, the South kind of mini doc last week uh, that will air again this Wednesday, of course, on ESPNU, seeing all that last week, it made me even more confident, right, that Marshawn Lloyd can be that guy. But as we sit here on this Monday, August the 15th, and, and we're talking about knowns, and we're talking about absolutes at this very moment, right? Who is the best overall running back in this room, okay? Out of all the guys I listed, who's the best overall? There's only one player in this running back room that has led his college team in rushing yardage, and that man is Christian Beal Smith. And that man led the Wake Forest Demon Deacons rushing attack, a Wake Forest offense that was one of the best offenses in the ACC and one of the best offenses practically in all of college football. So when we're talking best overall and known commodities, not what they can be, what they are right now as known commodities, I have to give the nod to Christian Beal Smith. I, I just, and I know many of you will disagree. And, and listen, guys. This is not some absolute for the 2022 season, the entirety of it. This can change. Hey, I, you know, I've listed Christian Bill Smith as I think he might be RB1. Guys, I'm just going to give you a little bit of spoiler. Of course, I'm going to drop my depth chart graphic on social media in association with this show. I probably have switched and said Marshawn Lloyd will be RB1 going into the season. But in regards to just the best overall player right now based off known commodities, right, I need to see Marshawn Lloyd healthy. I need to see Marshawn Lloyd <laughs> – you know, play a full game and hit 100 yards rushing in a game. I need to see that before I crown Marshawn Lloyd. So right now, by default, because of what he's done leading up to this point, Christian Beal Smith, the transfer from Wake Forest for me, is the best overall. Again, 
Let's not throw rocks and fight over it. It's subject to change. But right now, based off what we know, and I'm excited for Bill Smith, by the way. I, I don't say this, oh, just by default, you know, because everybody else is terrible. I'm excited for Bill Smith. Again, led Wake Forest in rushing. He was a smaller, compact guy. He was a big body guy. Should be good in short yardage. And again, led Wake Forest in rushing last year. So the guys had success at a big-time Power 5 school at this Power 5 level. Um, and I think he will be a plus addition for South Carolina. Guys, let's move in a season will be successful if. And I think there's a lot of capable players in this room, a lot of unknowns. Again, Beale Smith, Lloyd, Juju, Lavoisier, Amos, right? Some of the others I mentioned. What will spell a successful season, right? And, and I'll say this. It's hard for me to put a yardage total because so much of their success hinges on the success of the offensive line, right? If the offensive line's not blocking and opening holes, what can they really do, right? There's only so much that this group can do. So I'll just say this. For the Gamecocks running backs, the season will be successful if USC can simply find a true one-two punch, right? You need two dependable guys in this league, sometimes even more, right? You need depth at the running back position. And you lose your top two guys from last year in Kevin Harris and Jaquandre White. And say whatever you want about them, those two were dependable. Those two were guys week after week after week. I felt like, you know what, we got a shot because we got these guys in the backfield that are going to do a good job for us carrying the football. Sometimes it was Harris getting the bulk of the carries. Sometimes it was White getting the bulk of the carries. Either way, though, if we were going to have a productive day on the ground, I felt like it was going to be one of those two guys that were doing it. You lose those two. Well, who is it now? Is it Beal Smith from Wake? Does Marshawn Lloyd step up and does he take the one spot? Who is RB1? Who is RB2? Who is RB3? Simply finding that one-two punch, I think you have the talent where the numbers will come if the O-line does their job. But you've got to establish. I just don't think it can be a game of musical chairs where it's like, well, we don't really have a number one running back and we're just trying to kind of figure it out. Like, you need to find out who you guys are. Bottom line. And I would even say this, guys, if it's early in the season, we're week three, week four, and, and Marshawn Lloyd just still looks like he ain't got it, I hate to say it, but I think you got to give Juju those carries. I think you got to give Labossier those carries. You got to give somebody because it's like this season is too short, right? We don't have time to allow you to just figure it out, right? I mean, we're all optimistic he will, but it's like you just got to find the best, that true one-two punch. You got to find the best two guys, find that duo, that trio, if you will, that will be successful, that will be productive, bottom line, um, and go from there. So again, guys, for me, the season will be successful for the Gamecocks running backs if they can find a true one-two punch, which takes me into my overall grade for the unit. The beauty's in the banter, man. I can't wait to, to piss some of you off with this. <laughs> because I'm a harsh grader, right? When I'm grading, by the way, I look at, like, where does the position group rank in the SEC? I, I, that That's where a lot of this falls for me. Because here's the thing, guys. Not everybody can be an A. Not every group can be an A. It's just like... Not everybody can be a 99 on Madden, right? Like that, that has to be special. So when you're talking about, well, this group's an A, this group's an A+. plus. Like when I gave the quarterbacks an A, it's because Spencer Rattler, guys, is regarded as one of the top three or quarter, four quarterbacks in the league, right? It wasn't some charity thing where I was just like, oh, I just love Rattler, this, that, whatever. Like it, it, it's it's an honor to get an A in my opinion. So I, I'm a very realistic grader where a one is a one, a five is a five, and a 10 is a 10, right? An F is an F and an A is an A. So where do the running backs fall? Okay, you lose your top two rushers, two productive guys. 
you've got talent back, right? I love Juju McDowell. I think he's the most underrated player on the offense. I think Christian Beal Smith is going to be a very productive player for you coming from Wake Forest. I think that Marshawn Lloyd, guys, I think the sky is the limit. If he is truly healthy, if he's just 90% Marshawn, guys, I mean, he is set for a monster year, in my opinion. Lavoisier Carroll, question mark. I don't know what he's going to be. He played defensive back at Georgia, of course. We all know about his recruiting background and history, and Sal kind of wanted him and didn't get him. I don't know what to think of him. Rashad Amos did not even have a carry last year. I thought he looked decent in 2020, but what does that mean for him? Is he even going to see the field? And then you got guys like Dante Turbo Miller and Nathan Harris Wainick and Twitty from East Tennessee State. Are they really going to be contributors? I, I don't know. Again, guys, like I told you, a lot of this room comes down to Marshawn Lloyd. And, and what is his health? Is he is he even remotely back? Is he back to form in the sense of, like, we can depend on him on a week-in, week-out basis? And he can realistically be RB1 or even RB2. A lot of talent, a lot of question marks. A lot of question marks. You got one guy in Christian Beal Smith that's had real success at the Power 5 level. Outside of that, guys, I mean, you have some dudes that have been very middle of the pack and I just, to be honest, have not been all that great. Have not been all that great. Have a lot of potential, just haven't shown it yet. For that reason, guys, I'm giving the running backs a C plus. Again, I like the potential of the group, but this is the preseason in which we've got to go off of known commodities. we got to go off known commodities. And you look at what, guys, look at where the running back group ranks in the SEC by most people. It's, it's not very high. It's not very high. It's, it's truly not. This is not a not to say that this room cannot be good, cannot be productive, but I just think you have more question marks than you have answers. You've got potential. You've got big-time potential, as we all know. But right now, right now, I think it's more question marks, again, than it is answers. And for that reason, guys, I've got to give the running back group a C plus. So I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts. Listen, I would love to hear you guys' thoughts. How do you feel about the running backs overall? Um, what are your expectations? Again, it all comes down, like I mentioned, it all comes down to Marshawn Lloyd, in my opinion. Because I, I feel like I know what Christian Beal Smith is going to give me. I, I really do. I feel like I know what he's going to give me. Um, I feel like I kind of know what Juju's going to give me. We saw his potential as well in the Mayo Bowl. What's Marshawn going to do? What's Marshawn going to do? And, and him having a, a an average year, a good year and a great year, right? Those differences, that will probably have a lot to say and that will dictate kind of how we perform in this 2022 season, especially just with the ground game. So we'd love to hear you guys' thoughts. How do you feel about the Gamecocks running backs going into this season? Before we get out of here, guys, we do have a couple of listener questions. Let's get into these. Krusty Andy says, Juju for RB1. That is all. I mean, listen, my biggest thing with Juju is this. When you're looking at RB1, is he a 20 to 25 carry per game type of guy? I don't know that he is, right? But he's explosive, and he's an instant offense guy. And I tell you what, it feels like every time he touches the football, good things are happening. So I'm not totally opposed with it. I mean, the, the thing is this. Unfortunately, I think you're going to have to feel it out early. Um, I think you're going to have to find out these first couple of weeks, okay, who gets hot? You know, ride the hot hand. I mean, the last thing you want to do is just be through, week, you know, getting to week six, seven, eight, nine, and you just don't know who your guy is. But I think early you just got to kind of feel it out. I mean, we, we feel like we sort of know with Juju, um, again, very explosive player. Is he RB1 material? I don't know yet, but I do love his game. Again, I, I think he's the most underrated player on the offense. Uh, John Edward on Twitter, my guy John, appreciate you coming out to Fort Mill last week. He says – 
Juju McDowell wasn't being talked about enough. Really looking forward to seeing the Marshawn Lloyd that we recruited out of high school. Go Cox. The other guy at running back, nobody's talking about is Lavassier. Carroll, no, a lot of good points. And listen, Lavassier, I just think he's just a mystery. I, I think that's really all it is. Um, let's see. George Manettis says, does Carolina have a real chance, not just crazy hopes, to get to nine-plus wins this year? I've set the best-case scenario, Georgia, eight and four. I think that uh, – I think anything beyond that is just too aggressive, and and that's what I'm sticking with. Uh, this is a much improved football team, but there's a lot of teams in the SEC that improved also. When you look at the schedule and who you play, and I mean, guys, it's navigating to nine wins would be a very, very tall task. And a lot of things, a lot of the question marks we have, they'd have to go right. They'd have to be answered positively. I think it's unrealistic to think that all of our question marks will be answered positively. It's also unrealistic to think all of our question marks will be answered negatively right so the truth lies somewhere in the middle i've picked eight and four i think would be a fantastic season i think anything beyond that is a little unrealistic just in my opinion um george Manetta says is spencer rattler a heisman contender realistically no no because the type of year you have to have to go to new york guys and and have a chance to win the heisman no i, I don't think so rvh underscore 60 says can i get free tickets uh we might be doing rvh some ticket giveaways so just stay tuned for that, and if you're lucky enough, you might win. So just stay tuned. Uh, last question. Zach Anderson, 182, says, will Juju get more throws than handoffs this year? That's a good question. I don't think so. I think he gets more handoffs just because of, I think, of the, the sheer number of receivers, the receiving options that we have. But, I, I do, listen, Juju's going to be involved a lot. And like I told you guys before, that's an interesting storyline with, with Marcus Satterfield is that, you know, one of the biggest storylines, if not the biggest one for him, is is just figuring out how to get all these all these guys to football. You know, because this is not last year where you had feel you felt like lack of personnel and lack of options, lack of weapons, and now you got a guy like Spencer Rattler who can actually get it to him. So, I'll be really interested to see just how they divvy up touches, carries. Um, of course, it's going to depend on matchups and the opponent stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. But I think Juju McDowell is certainly going to be a big part of this offense this season. Guys, hey, appreciate listener questions. Always appreciate you guys being engaging. That's going to do it all for me. Thank you all so much for tuning in here on this Monday, guys. Stay tuned. Of course, the podcast rolls on the Daily Crow Monday through Friday. we got all of our guests lined up for this week. Really, really excited, man. And the content continues to bleed out of the eyeballs as we sit now just 19 days away from kickoff. Folks, thank you all so much for tuning in. Appreciate you all. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you on Wednesday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.